Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. In an era where antagonism and uh, controversy are very apparent throughout the world, and definitely since Trump has taken his position, unfortunately, and from my point of view, in making this antagonism and this uh, attack on so many individuals quite apparent, we are living in an antagonistic world, and we really do have to rise above this into a more powerful position. But what is that powerful position to rise to. And Jill Loveland has a, a wonderful way of suggesting that kindness is the way that we rise above other sorts of pettiness or complications that actually deteriorate our business, our personal life, and perhaps even our political environment. Jill Loveland, Loveland or Lublin? Which one is it, Jill? It is Lublin. Thank you. Okay. okay. So, Jill Lublin, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. And your wonderful book, The Prophet of Kindness, which I've enjoyed reading, is the basis of your information about the power of kindness. But can you introduce us to the the very uh, powerful, basic information about kindness and why kindness is so, so capable of changing business, your personal world, as well as maybe even politics? Well, absolutely. You know, just as you said, Carol, in the intro around uh, what's happening in this world right now, I, I really firmly believe that kindness is the new remedy. In other words, you can you can have opposing views, um, but, you know, respect. Yeah. How about respect is the new kindness? And uh, one of the things we, we do in the Prophet of Kindness is talk about what we call return on kindness. Rocks are okay. Everyone's always concerned about ROI and well, what we also found is that kindness brings ROI, but really we have what I call a sevenfold path, ways to kindness, including flexibility, generosity, patience. That's important these days, isn't it? Um, you know, oh, yeah. being uh, connected. It's interesting because in this time of being so connected, what's fascinating, and I think all of us probably feel this way, is that we're in a way less connected than ever, meaning to real people, and uh, just really showing up in a different way. And and here we are now having a, a much better opportunity for more connection. But I, I do find with with the profit of kindness, connection is key, as well as as well as some of these other concepts too. So I love the idea that kindness comes in uh, a lot of different recipes, so to speak. It's like it looks and it comes in different forms, like uh, it comes in the forms of respect or connection. Can you discuss the different forms that kindness come, in, come into, not only that are in your book, but in your mind now that you're looking at the world as it is? Sure. Well, you know, it's been interesting because I've been on, on TV recently talking about kindness and, and what's so fascinating to me is what they're bringing up is, of course, what we all know that is happening is the issues of 
uh, increased antagonism. So, you know, here's something interesting. A client I work with in Boston, she, uh, she was at a restaurant and somebody very opposing to her viewpoint was there for dinner, uh, a Marine, you know, so obviously we respect our country and our people who, who work for us on behalf of our military. And, uh, but yeah. they were really opposing viewpoints. And she told me this great story about how she just kept saying to him, well, explain that to me. Let me understand. I want to understand. I really do. I want to understand your viewpoint. And so he would go, rah, 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 and, you know, kind of uh, aggressive and then calm down and basically tell her his viewpoint. She goes, okay, I, I understand. Tell me more about that. And basically really just listened. By the end of the time, they were hugging and exchanging phone numbers, and there was a deep uh, connection there between them. Two people who probably they met on the streets might have gotten a fist fight. You know what I'm saying? So here's what I find interesting is, and she, you know, she's really obviously she she knows about the book, and we were talking about this in regard to the prophet of kindness and how she, just by listening. That's the respect, right? Just by listening, saying, tell me more about that. Not getting antagonized. Not, I mean, in other words, you can have opposite viewpoints. Um, at, but I do think the, I thought that was a really good phrase. Tell me more about what you feel about that. Explain mm-hmm. that to me. And that's just a great neutral territory that I think helps all of us be more heard. Uh, and I, I think that's really, really powerful. And, you know, as we look at the stories of the world and the protests, I mean, to me, people showing up at an airport in support of people who've been, you know, withheld, detained, is really kind. You know, that takes time, energy, focus. That's kind. I mean, I'm picking up the phone, signing petitions. That's kind. All of this takes time, extra energy and resources. That's all we have every day, right? Time, money, energy, resources. Spend it kindly. And I'll tell you what else um, for me that, thank you so much. Something I, I just really want to get out off the, off the top here. You know, people talk about random acts of kindness. I think we ought to practice conscious acts of kindness, which, you know, is what this country is frankly forcing right now is conscious acts of protest, of kindness, of coming forth and taking a stand. That's, Conscious acts of kindness. So take a look every day. At least one thing that you can do to be more kind. It'll make all the difference. I love the way that you're classifying kindness in in, in these different ways. It makes it sound kindness is an act of courage, an act of sacrifice, an act of risk. These are very strong qualities uh, that an individual can have. It's, a, it's tenacious. It's reaching out beyond your own ego and saying, I care about you even if I disagree with you because we're both human. And uh, what a beautiful, humane process. Where, uh, where in your background, Jill, did you discover that kindness was more powerful than antagonism? Well, you know what's interesting is um, a couple things. One is uh, probably I've always been a kind person because I realized since I do a lot of speaking, one one of the things, uh, somebody had introduced me, I, I spoke on Tony Robbins' stage, was very blessed to do that probably about five oh, nice. years ago. And the it, Yeah, that was really fun. And the introducer, besides my official bio, added, and she's got one of the biggest hearts I know. Now, I have to tell you, it did 
really occurred to me until five years later in the same organization, another CEO who I've actually worked with helping get book deals and other publicity said basically the same thing. And, you know, Carol, it it really kind of hit me like, wow, you know, I hadn't really thought about that distinction before. And uh, what I'm really convinced of is how important this is. And I've had my own stories uh, of people expressing incredible kindness to me. So, for example, I actually got in an accident and fractured both ankles in multiple places at once. And it actually, oh, the first story. Yeah, it was terrible. It's actually the first story in Profit of Kindness. And my coach, because I believe in coaches and coaching, at the time I called him and I said, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I've got to stop coaching because, frankly, I've got an accident. I can't afford it. My income is obviously impacted. And he said, no way, Jill. I'm coaching you. We're continuing our work together. And don't you even be concerned about it. Well, God bless him because he wow. really literally got got me back on my feet again. And I think, wow. you know, stories like that of people who care about us, I've realized in my own consulting practice, you know, it's so key, it's key to be flexible. Um, I remember the other day this woman came on to her session with me, and I could tell she was really not in a good place. And I said, you know what, Kathy, let's, let's just reschedule. She said, yeah, but Jill, I know you have a policy, and, you know, if I miss a session that you charge me for it. I said, I know, and policies are good, and 80% of the time they work, but 20% of the time we need to be flexible. Right. So let's just be flexible. That's really, that's a key today is flexibility in life, and I think particularly in our wild times, it's important more than ever. That is beautiful. You know, there's two companies or two groups of companies that have come to mind lately just within the last seven days and being mindful that Jill Lublin would be on my show from the book, The Prophet of Kindness, uh, made me realize that Snapchat, for example, which is a huge multi-million uh, company who who is uh, arising itself over and over in, in in the millennials' life, uh, one of their their main ideas, one of three, is the word kind. They want to breed an atmosphere of kindness inside their company. I thought, okay, then Jill is truly onto something. It's a millennial company that are rising into the millions and millions of dollars worth of value are, are embracing that. And in addition, Jill, and I want you to – Think of all these different companies. 97 companies have united together uh, to make a statement that we do not want to be unkind to other countries and uh, are making a very heroic and risky position against uh, banning people and being cruel to people and being antagonistic. And if those 97 companies can rise together in their power to say we embrace the kindness to humankind, that now we, now we have unity. And that brings me to your idea of connection and bonding, which you beautifully describe in your book, Jill. So in light of those examples, what come to mind about connection and bonding and taking the risk, all of which are associated with kindness as well? 
Well, it's funny you should say that about the 97 companies. In fact, uh, in fact, Carol, I've been trying to find that link. So, but uh, I'm starting. I'm realizing every single one of them I'm sending profit of kindness to, uh, because uh, guess what? There are people uh, who are taking a stand. I love that. Yes. And um, you know, Howard Schultz of Starbucks came out and said we're hiring X number of of immigrants in the next 90 days. That's a powerful stand of kindness. Declaration. Mm -hmm. You bet. You bet. And I love that. And I think that, you know, standing up is kind. Um, That one doesn't have to. And even in the profit of kindness, we talk about this. You're not rolling over to be kind. Uh, Oftentimes it's taking a stand. And that's what's kind. But, you know, exactly what you're saying about companies now that kindness is literally at the cornerstone of their values you know honda just run just ran a big campaign around kindness and uh, Mm -hmm. kleenex the gave a gave away a ton of kleenex maybe not a ton but a lot of kleenex uh to friends and family mcdonald's did a pay it with lovin campaign where they accepted hugs instead of currency so isn't that interesting? Wow. What what companies are realizing, including companies who've been around a long time, and and I think what they're catching on to is that kindness increases bottom line, connection among customers, increases revenue, and uh, people really pay attention. I mean, I'm a publicity expert. What I know is that what the companies we see as kind, I mean, let's let's also say that there tend to be more, uh, they have better bottom lines, happier customers, and better teams. You know, I'm training in mm-hmm. corporate companies now, bringing the the focus of kindness into companies. And what we're seeing is the result of unkindness. Teams are unhappy, productivity is down, revenues get affected. So companies really realize, and I think particularly in this time, and exactly as you pointed out, the value of kindness, that kindness does pay big dividends and actually works. And how wonderful is that, that it's become a driver as a real force. It's not a soft term. It's a term that creates real revenues, happier teams, bottom line results, and frankly, much better companies period not only to work with but that you know we see in this culture and you see the trend it's it's really a fabulous trend and this is the kind of trend we really love well jill uh we're talking to jill lublin and she is a wonderful individual and author of many many books and the one we're talking about specifically is profit of kindness jill just for a moment how do people get a hold of your book Thank you. Go to ProfitOfKindness.com, ProfitOfKindness.com. That's P-R-O-F-I-T of Kindness.com. Hmm. So it, and also, by the way, any bookstore is good, too. Oh, yeah. Sure, any, any bookstore, a local Barnes & Noble, is also good. Thank you so much. Oh, wonderful. Are we on Audible yet, or you're getting there? Uh, we are getting there. Oh, wonderful. Okay, that will be great for listeners that, like me who listen to a lot of books while they're walking or running. You know, Jill, now that we uh, need to have influence politically, we as citizens need to have influence politically, how do citizens make sure that their kindness and their thoughtfulness 
is not trotted upon? And how do we make sure that our kindness as citizens is not looked upon as a weakness? We are told that we cannot have a weakness toward ISIS. We cannot have a weakness toward people robbing the U.S. citizens of jobs. And I understand we can't have weakness. We have to have clarity. We have to be considerate of the citizens here in the United States in all respect. That's all act of kindness. But how do we make sure to influence the politicians in saying you treat other leaders with respect and you treat other countrymen with respect, that this is intolerable and we, won't, we don't want to be unkind about our intolerance, but we want to be clear about our intolerance. How do we go about being kind but very clear, very poignant, uh, very intolerant of inhumanity? Well, I think uh, the, the, the loud vocal protests, and when I say protests, meaning peaceful protests, which is happening, around the country, around the world, um, is making very clear, very poignant statements that this is not okay. Um, And I think in these times, um, that's probably what's going to serve best is uh, making, taking actions, you know, taking actions that, that clearly say what, what you want, um, clearly state in in you know in other words you don't have to be like as I watch the signs on TV and meaning actual signs that people make they are mostly kind you know they're just they just make a statement this is not okay inhumane resist I mean these are not terrible signs if you if you really read them which which I'm actually reading them because I'm looking for that um, so I I do think making one's voice heard is important. And doing it in ways that are clear with language that is focused, saying this, like, just like you said, was a beautiful way to say it. This is inhumane, you know, here's, here's what I feel like that. And that's the statements that are made. And I think consistently making that, um, again, you know, knowing that uh, is kind and listening is kind, you know, we, we've had amazing marches, we've had wonderful protests. Uh, you know, frankly, now more than ever, people are making their voice heard, and and that's probably one of the more positive things that have happened in in this environment. Yeah, yeah beautifully illustrated. Well, Jill Lublin, uh, the author of Profit of Kindness, can you now bring this back to home to those individuals who are employees, and they work with difficult bosses, demanding, unkind, insensitive, inhumane bosses. Um, and they are they are in that that position of employment. What is a way to be kind in an environment where other employees are sour, uh, they're disgruntled, the boss is a sour person to work for? How can kindness, instead of just looking like someone that can be stepped all over, uh, be expressed? in a way that powerfully says, okay, we are going to now influence this company and turn it around. Or is that too big a thing to so, ask? Yeah, well, it is a big thing to ask in the sense that, uh, you know, this is why it's wonderful to go into corporate now and, and really start spreading this message. And and, and it's interesting because many of my friends who are corporate trainers have said to me, oh, my gosh, your book couldn't have come at a better time. This is exactly what teams need now. 
But I will tell you, it it does take a little time. I wish we could wave our magic wand and have it all, you know, be be well. Um, but I do think with focused intention uh, that we can make a big difference. Being flexible, one of the return on kindness uh, pathways is really important with your employees. So that means allowing uh, personal time, allowing family time, allowing uh, time where they just say, I want a break, you know, uh, flex time. You know, we found in, as we we're doing the research with Profit of Kindness that the companies that were doing that are much more happier. <laughs> That's kind of a funny way to say that. But that the employees are happier inside, that their teams are more productive. And uh, frankly, I think giving people a little more authority inside of companies it was interesting, the Hyatt Hotels, uh, we saw that their managers were given carte blanche to pick up bar tabs and spa treatments just as they felt they wanted to. And I'm like, wow, that's really amazing, you know, that kind of ability to make someone's day. You know, I just <laughs> joked that I wish I would have been there at that Hyatt when they were picking up my spa treatments. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that that kind of thing is what I'm talking about, the opportunity to make a difference for people. And what I notice is the companies that do that, that give authority. You know, like I fly Southwest Airlines. I do a lot of speaking and consulting, and and I fly Southwest Airlines. One of the reasons I do that uh, is because of their flexibility, their compassion, uh, their willingness to sometimes make an exception and not always like, oh, my God, this is the rules and that's it. That's what I notice is that companies that are more flexible, more compassionate, more generous, uh, another another return on kindness important trait, right? Those are what feel important. And even look at Southwest Airlines just as a continuous example. And here we are talking about them, right? Good publicity. But their logo is a heart. They're, uh, they're a little bit silly in their introductions oftentimes. They have just far more, uh, you know, flexibility with regard to all of their policies, including the fabulous, you know, free baggage check-in. So all of that makes a big difference. Now, I'm not saying I don't fly other airlines because, of course, I do, but I'm going to tell you they're my first choice because of all their return on kindness principles. That is so interesting because that's my family's favorite, too. I think we need to contact Southwestern and say thank you. <laughs> You know, that's right. So, Jill, here's my situation. I'm a clinical psychologist, and I work with individuals that come in to me for various reasons, feeling very depressed, anxious, and powerless. And one of the ways that I've had to, within this last year, deal with a lot of this powerlessness is helping individuals learn how to be strategic and savvy when they're dealing with con artists dealing with narcissism or narcissistic uh, bosses, dealing with abusive circumstances in their workforce environment where they cannot just leave the company and get out to a better, a better place, and they are depleted. They are powerless. They feel so weak and hopeless and helpless. And so I spend a lot of time helping them become very strategic in understanding what it means to work with someone who's narcissistic and cruel, uh, a con artist, a, a person who will always turn uh, good things toward themselves but never believe the truth. And that's very depleting to these people. So when I was reading your book, I was thinking, you know, I teach people about the strategies 
associated to those types of horrible use of power. Uh, and kindness is often to their detriment because they have a belief that, well, I'm kind, and shouldn't that kindness be returned with kindness? And it isn't fair that I'm a good person and I'm being treated so badly. And so I want to see what your take is on those very real and common circumstances uh, that occur with people. You know, uh, frankly, I grew up with a narcissist mother, and uh, believe me, I know it well. Um, So here's what was interesting for me, just, you know, just as a personal demonstration, is um, first let me just say I did a lot of my own work, uh, you know, both professionally and working with others to really um, dig through a lot of this, uh, years of neglect and abuse in a, a different kind of way with a, a woman who was a narcissist. And it was very tough. What very, I, very tough. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge. And what I got to was a place within myself where um, I could forgive her. And uh, that's not to say I was weak with her. So what I've learned, and I think we, you know, we've alluded to this, is that, yes, you have to have very strong boundaries. You know, and I would say to her, here's what I can do. And frankly, I was the only one out of a family of four children who would actually take care of her in her last uh, seven years, literally seven years of being very ill and her passing away. And I was able to do that because I'd done enough of my own internal work. Now that's, and by the way, being kind to her, even when she wasn't kind to me, including in the last years. uh, So What I find, and that's probably when you say part of your background, as I'm thinking about that now, that's probably a lot of what prepared me to be kind no matter what, uh, in the face of no matter what was happening. So so the reality is that uh, I think you, you have to have very firm boundaries. You have to say, this is okay with me, this is not. You know, I saw... Here's a great example. I saw a woman uh, on a cruise ship I was on recently in the spa uh, area, and this other woman who was a customer was basically yelling at her. Now, I don't know what had happened. I'm sure she had a valid complaint at one level or another, but she was pretty much yelling and out of control. And the the woman behind the counter, I thought, handled it so beautifully. She said, you know, I really hear, here's the part about hearing, right? I really hear that you're upset. And I'm really trying my best to help you, but I'm going to ask two things. Number one, will you please lower your voice and please don't talk to me in that tone? I thought, wow, that was just such a great answer, you know. And mm-hmm. by the way, of course, you know, her position as a spa person is to be very, uh, you know, very accommodating and, you know, service oriented. And she was all of that. I mean, I had dealt with her for you know continuously on the ship she was a lovely person and this person kind of went out of control on her thinking her kindness was weakness and so that's the point here is that this very kind person turned around and said you know that tone won't work for me and lower your voice I thought that was really appropriate and a great way to respond what do you you feel about the idea that people say you know I'm a good person I don't understand why I'm being treated this way it's so unfair it's so uh, unexpected, they're in shock. I, I thought goodness and kindness would be, you know, would motivate other people to be good and kind back. But it doesn't yes, necessarily. Yes, and, and 
I, you know, and believe me, I've been through my share too, that I've been, shall we say, taken advantage of because of my kindness. And it had me learn some important lessons around being strong, um, being, you know, sometimes you just kind of close your mouth and walk away, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, you don't, you don't engage anymore. And on the other hand, if you're in a, a work situation, you know, it is, there comes a point where either A, you know, somebody is brought in to mediate or B, you walk away. Um, and I think there comes a point where we all think, well, gosh, yes, exactly what you said. I'm kind and I'm good. And why aren't other people like that? Well, the truth is not everyone's like that. And I think at one level, mm-hmm. we have to make some decisions about who will be in our life and what we will put up with individually and collectively, I might add, now as a society, as 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 you know, uh, as a state, as a as a country, et cetera, that there needs to be made decisions, and uh, and I think that's okay, you know. But there is a point where sometimes being kind isn't good enough, and other things need to happen. Well, that's an interesting statement. In other words, kindness has its place, but it isn't the only power tool that we need to be flexible enough to implement if necessary. Is that another way of saying it? That's right. That's a great way to say it. It's one of our tools. It's one of our tools. And, you know, it works in many situations and with tyrants and and, uh, power mongers and other types, uh, dictators. I mean, it might not work, right? So one has to rely on other kinds of ways of, of action. We do know that individuals that are con artists, um, that are magicians, that are uh, uh, opportunists, do look for the kind-hearted people as their mark. They are the easiest people to manipulate because they can use the kindness against them. So I'm so glad to hear you say that you know, kindness needs to be implemented with savvy and self-respect, uh, that it is not wise to be kind only to try to influence the negative. It's wise to be kind, but not wise to be kind to the other at self-sacrifice or allowing another person to manipulate. And that is an important lesson as we exit. And Jill, we must send you on your busy schedule. Uh, Jill, once again, how do people get in touch with you, uh, use you as resource, use you as an author, a speaker, um, a coach, a mentor. How do they get in touch with you and read your book as well? Well, thank you. Well, first of all, you can email me to support at jilllublin.com. Lots of L's in there, support at jilllublin.com. And um, please let me know how I can help you in any way, get your message out and support you with creating more kindness and more publicity in the world. And as far as uh, checking out the book, please go to ProfitOfKindness.com, P-R-O-F-I-T, ProfitOfKindness.com, and that will also lead you to uh, getting the book in multiple ways as well as also getting in touch with me. So I look forward to serving you in any way I can. Beautifully said, Jill. Have a wonderful day, listeners. Thank you for reaching deep down into the resources of your kindness while you respect yourself and respect others and go in your power and your love. Take good care, each of you. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you. 